It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, everyone. It's Rich Wilson. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Live. It is the 21st of September, about 9.30 in the evening. Um, I am... It's been a long couple of days. I drove down from New Jersey to our home in North Carolina, and then it rained buckets today. So uh, it's been a weird couple of days for me. So I decided to to do some writing, just plowing through the top 15 prospects by team and was able to finish up a little bit early the uh, midweek uh, prospect uh, work. So I decided, hey, let me record a podcast and uh, get this thing done. Because tomorrow we are redoing our kitchen and I need to be involved in helping sort through all of that. I hope everybody is doing well. I know you guys are plowing through the last couple of weeks of the fantasy baseball season. Hoping that is going great. Uh, Daniel Lynch is back to being Daniel Lynch. (laughs) So he had those uh, game two or three games. He pitched very well in the middle of the season and he's back to giving up tons of runs which is sinking my NFBC team. I'm not even going to finish in the money and probably not going to maybe finish fifth. And I was winning three weeks ago. So just very, very disappointing. But I know you guys don't care about that. I know you care about prospects and what I have to say about that. So I've got a list of 12 guys here, uh, a bunch of people that were my true hot prospects of the week, and then some requests that people have asked for. So a total of 12 So let's start off with uh, a guy that I've already written about with the Chicago Cubs, and that is James Triantos, T-R-I-A-N-T-O-S. It's either Triantos, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, Maybe Train, Triantos. (laughs) Anyway, he was the, uh, the Cubs' third round draft pick in June. He's performed extremely well uh, in the 12 games that he appeared at in the complex league. Obviously, it's only been 12 games, and he must have done something pretty spectacular to make it to our list. And sure enough, he did. He was 8 for 11, two home runs, didn't strike out, and walked twice. So he is just off to a fantastic start. 
I think the hit tool is real. I think he's definitely going to hit. I think he has a chance to be a high on base player and a little bit of power. He's only an average runner. He was 0 for 1 of stolen bases this week. Even though he's got three, I think as he fills out, you know, that uh, speed is going to de- decrease a little bit. I think the upside for me as a full-time regular, and given how advanced his hit tool is, I, I think he could develop fairly quickly. I know he was drafted as a third baseman. I think when you read in uh, my profile in a couple of weeks on the Cubs, you will see that I have moved him to second base because I think that uh, I just don't think the arm is strong enough for third base or shortstop. So I see him moving more to second base. I have as a top 10 second baseman. So I think the upside is pretty high, even though he was a third round pick and it gets all down to kids approaches he can hit and he understands the strike zone and I think this gives this guy a higher chance sometimes I call it a floor a higher floor to make it to the big leagues now the tools aren't as crazy loud as some other people uh, and players that we're gonna you know kind of talk about today and just in general but sometimes when you're constructing your fantasy team and your dynasty league team if let's say you've got 20 minor league slots. If you have haul up high upside players in those slots, I mean, the chance of everybody making it is very, very low. And I know that's a philosophy a lot of people use. I like to have some guys that the way I construct my minor league roster, there's a lot of kids. If I have 20 guys, I would say at least 10 of them are going to be double-A and triple-A. In other words, very close to being able to help me. Um, With some high-floor players there and, um, you know, some some guys that have a little bit of upside. And I probably have a couple of stars, a couple of top 50 prospects in those those top 10. Then in my bottom 10, I'm going to have more high-upside guys because I'm constantly churning those, you know, those bottom 10. And then I'm always going to have at least two guys, if it's a 25-man roster, minor league roster, maybe three guys that are these young, less 18 and younger uh, Latin players or just drafted kids, much like James Triantos, that I think are just high upside guys. And you give them a year or two to see how they're developing and their hit tool doesn't develop, then you cut them and, and move on. That's how I manage my minor league roster. I spend in a dynasty league much more time managing that roster than I do my major league roster. I know the teams that I again league, excuse me, leagues that I play in, there's your your major league roster of hitters and pitchers and we have seven reserve slots. So that's not a lot of management that goes in there. So I spend a whole lot more time churning my minor league uh, system. Now sometimes I guess wrong. Sometimes I churn a guy that eventually turns out to be great, and I go, why didn't I keep him? It happens. It happens all the time. But I do, I enjoy kind of cycling guys through, getting those hot hands, those kids that look like they've made a skill change. So like that first six weeks of the season, I'm looking for those guys that maybe, you know, I wrote about last year that we were looking for a power spike, power increase, maybe without uh, reducing uh, their hit tools. So if I see a guy who was a 285 hitter last year with three home runs and we're a month into the season, he's got seven home runs and he's slugging, 
you know, 500 and he's still batting 275, that I get very, very interested in and very excited about. So those are the things that I'm looking for kind of early in the season. So I would roster a guy, Trantos, because maybe the ceiling isn't sky high, but I believe he's going to move to second base. I love the floor and I love the fact that he's going to get a chance to play. And most of my teams, this is just me, I want to make sure I have a, if it's a batting average league, I've got guys that can hit. If it's on base percentage league, I'm looking for guys that get on base. And I protect that category immensely. So that's just how I play the game. So that's James Trantos and just a little bit of behind the scenes of how I manage my Dynasty League team. Second guy is another person in the Cubs organization, and that is Brennan Davis. He's the number one uh, player in that system. Obviously, he's had a really nice minor league uh, career so far. He's, again, as I said, he is um, already in triple A. I haven't been triple A. Is that is that true? Yes, it is. Indeed, it is. It is true. He uh, finished the season up in triple A with six games. 27 at-bats and uh, really hitting the ball off the cover. And that is why he makes our list here. Now i got to find the list again. <laughs> he makes our list as I was flipping over. Uh, he was 10 for 24, and that was his whole time in AAA. Six runs scored, three home runs, four strikeouts, three walks. So it was a really, really good uh, week for him. And, uh, you know, hit the ground running in AAA. You always like to see that. See that. Look, I think the tools that Davis has, he has a chance to absolutely be a star. He's athletic, great bat speed, and an approach that should allow him to hit, uh, be a high on base percentage player. Six foot four, and that creates a relatively large strike zone, and that's causing the swing to get a little long. He spent most of his time in double A, and he did strike out 30% of the time. Now, I'm batting on the athleticism, his approach. And just repetition to solve the strikeout issues. Now, I'm not looking for, you know, a David Fletcher, Jose Altuve strikeout um, kind of strikeout statistic. But, you know, if he can, you know, get it down to 25, 26% and has a chance to bat 260, maybe with a 300, 350 on base percentage, I think he could pop 25 home runs and a handful of stolen bases annually. So you could see a stat line, again, a 360 excuse me, 260, 350, 475, something like that, with 24 bombs and seven stolen bases. It's a really nice player and why I have him as a top 30, top 40 type of outfielder. Very, very good player, and I think there is more juice potentially in that power upside. That's Brennan Davis. Number three comes in at Daniel Espino with the Cleveland Indians. He is in high A. Uh, only had one outing this week, but it was a good one. Uh, six and two-thirds innings, two hits, ten strikeouts, no walks. So I have, though, given that stat line, and boy, it's always hard to predict this in the Cleveland Indians organization because they flat out can develop pitchers, as we've talked about, I'm going to say at nauseum. Uh, the stuff is electric. The fastball can touch the upper 90s, but he's never been able to like consistently throw strikes, and I have his fantasy ceiling as a closer, even though he just shoved it this week. So, um, and, you know, in 10 starts, he's walking four per nine. In fact, outside of rookie ball, he's never walked less than four per nine. 
So he's got a high effort delivery and lack of control. I, I think he moves to the bullpen, but I think it has a chance to be a closer. So he's definitely a talent. I know he's a first-round pick. I get it. And you try to develop those guys as starters, but a lot of those first-round draft picks become relievers, and many of them become closers because they've got something that a team saw that they wanted to spend three, four, five million dollars on the player. That's Daniel Espino. Coming at number four is another Cleveland Indian, and that is Gabriel Arias. He is a shortstop, again, with the Cleveland Indians. He is in AAA. What did he do this week? He was 12 for 26, um, five strikeouts, one walk, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. And uh, so he was just hitting the ball off the cover. Um, the thing that I like about him and the thing I get excited, he, he was drafted originally by the San Diego Padres and Maybe he came over in the um, Clevenger trade. It's probably how he made his way to Cleveland. He had definitely had an improved approach in AAA. And if that's sustainable, I think he's a different player. And that's always been the problem with him is a pretty aggressive swinger, a bit of a free swinger, but he's definitely improved that. So 108 games, he slashed 283, 347, 449, 11 home runs, five stolen bases. And again, he is striking out less and walking more, but he has traded a little bit of power for that. And I'm good with that. And I know the Cleveland Cleveland is good for that because and, and why is that? Well, you you gotta you gotta hit. You gotta make contact to be a full time regular. You just do. And what happens is players get bigger and stronger, sometimes that power comes back and they learn to drive the ball better. They learn to add a, a little bit of loft instead of trying to yoke everything. But trying to get that approach down so you're a little bit more patient, you're not swinging at pitches out of the zone, or you're you're actually looking at you're, you're looking at the statistics and the data and you're determining based on where you're able to drive the ball, that's your zone that you're looking for balls in. And many times if a, if there's an there's a, a ball in the upper part of the zone and you know you can't hit that you need to learn to lay off that pitch. pitch, and if it's a strike and you you make out, well, you make out, but you know you can't hit that pitch, so why why swing at it? And the chances are real good that the pitcher doesn't have enough control and command to actually throw it there. So you're looking for guys who can hit, guys who can control the strike zone, and once you do that, then the secondary skills can come. So Arias is trying to do it the reverse way, and that is having these crazy skills and then learning how to hit. Um, look, he's still striking out too much, and uh, and and he's got hopefully and improving that. And the other reason that you want a guy to get on base, he's got he's fast, right? So if he's striking out all the time, he's not going to hit at the top of the lineup. He's going to hit at the bottom of the lineup, and uh, you know so that's another reason that he should be working on his hit tool. And why Cleveland is so focused on that, um, but he's definitely can pick it at short. So there's definitely a chance for him to be a full-time major leaguer. Now, uh, Brocchio, uh, not Brocchio, uh, Rocchio, R-O-C-C-H-I-O, with the Cleveland Indians is the guy that has really blown up this year. And when we get to the Cleveland Indians, we will talk about him. It's impressive what he has done. He looks like he might be leading the way, even though there's five or six shortstops, including Tyler Freeman, who's more of a, light hitting middle infielder probably utility guy um but uh, uh, arias a-r-i-a-s and uh 
Rokio, R-O-C-C-H-I-O, are the leading candidates to me to be that full-time shortstop, with Arias being the best of the bunch defensively. So Rokio can move over to second base if that happens. Watch out. So that is our first four. Let me take a break, and when we get back, we will continue on with the program. Let me get to my uh, music here so I can play it. Here we go. And uh, we'll be right back in a minute. Oops. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sometimes when I'm doing the producing and the talking, (laughs) all the talking, uh, sometimes uh, the sliders don't quite slide the right way because I'm constantly thinking of what I should be saying. Just so you guys know, I, I have all my notes. I never read the stuff. That's not always true. 99 times out of 100, I don't read the stuff. I look at the notes and then I talk about the player and try to give you extra color that you might not get when you're actually reading Prospect 361 on what I've written. Uh, So things that I've heard, things that I don't want to print because maybe my source told me don't print that because it maybe get back to him. So that's what I can talk about on the podcast. And I think that's one of the big value adds that, that we provide here. So those are our top four. The next four are, comes in at Gabriel Gonzalez, an outfielder with the Seattle Mariners. He is only in the Dominican Summer League. So why the heck is he here? This is a, this is a great name to know. He was 8 for 16 this week, two home runs, three walks, and one strikeout. So, first of all, Gabriel Gonzalez uh, was signed by the Seattle Mariners last January. I think it was late January. Uh, and he just, he's just been tearing it up. Uh, evaluators thought he was going to hit for some power, but not only is doing that, but he's hitting 306 with a 392 on base percentage in 46 games. Um, and if you like that, he was drafted because he had power. Now he's looked like he's being able to hit a little bit. He also added eight stolen bases. So 
And that comes with a 16% strikeout rate and an 11% walk rate. So not only has he had a good week, he's had a really good, you know, limited as it may be, limited time in the Dominican Summer League. Now, I need to caveat all of this, that I've actually been to the Dominican Republic and I've seen a lot of the the fields that these guys play on. It's probably an okay high school field. So it's not the manicured grass that you see in the major leagues or even in the minor leagues, which those fields can be pretty good. It's pretty bumpy out there. You have a lot of pitchers that have no idea where the ball is going. A lot of them can throw gas. And you see 99 miles an hour and they have no idea if it's a strike or not where the ball is going. And you got umpires that are really, really trying to learn the game. So it's a tough environment to get a read on a player. Usually what you see, and, and what I get so excited about Gabriel Gonzalez, usually is what you see is a guy that's showing power, a ton of speed, but has a 35% strikeout rate. And you're going, why the heck is that? Is he just trying to show off for everybody? Look, look at what I can do. You don't usually see guys that can hit in the Dominican Summer League or posting pretty impressive strikeout rates and pretty impressive walk rates. And you know the guy's got really good pop because he's got great bat speed. So it's a pretty interesting profile here, and that is Gabriel Gonzalez. Number six comes in with Shea Whitcomb. That's S-H-A-Y, not as in Shea uh, Langoliers with the Atlanta Braves, who spells his name S-H-E-A, which I'm assuming is after Shea Stadium. I've never cared enough to look that up, but I would have to assume that's what it is. He, again, is with the Houston Astros. He is a shortstop, and he is in high A. reason he's on this list, um, last week he was 8 for 19 with three home runs, Six strikeouts and no walks. So if you take a look at his full season, he's, I mean, not many people have had a better year than he has. He has slashed 293, 363, 893. I can't be right. It must be 693. I gotta recheck that. Uh, and across low and high A with 23 home runs and, and 30 stolen bases. Through the magic of my podcast tools, I was able to, quickly go and take a look and yes I copied the OPS down instead of his slug so it was a 530 slug I apologize for that but it was 23 home runs and 30 stolen bases look he didn't make great contact he struck out 30 percent of the time but 23 home runs and 30 stolen bases and doing that in high a nobody's heard of this guy I mean he is a kid that uh you know, I think we need to put on our radar. Look, drafted in the fifth round of the 2020 draft as a college draftee. Uh, so you would have hoped that he could handle kind of low and high A, and he has. But I read a lot of, like, the draft evaluations, and most of the evaluators thought the kid was going to be able to hit. So maybe they, maybe he's traded in a little bit of loft for his contact and uh, maybe he's gone kind of that way but it is you know he's definitely got some speed and power there and I kind of like what I'm seeing now the downside is and and I use this as a comp until I'm proven wrong it's Sam Hilliard we see guys with speed and power but striking out 30 35 percent of the time 
that's what Sam Hilliard is, and he is a part-time player and probably won't be any more than a part-time player until he makes better contact. Now, he can always have a, you know, a 430 Babbitt and hit the you know, tar out of the ball and get some full-time playing time, but for long-term full-time playing time, guys need to make better contact. But Shea Whitcomb is definitely a kid to know. Josh Young. This has been a Josh Young sighting. Uh, Texas Rangers in AAA. Uh, why is he here? Nine for 22 with two home runs. And that's significant, the two home runs. Look, Young was supposed to start the season this year in AAA, be there for two to three weeks, and then join the Texas Rangers organization. At least that's what the great Tim McLeod thought. I thought he would have been there at least through... Uh, uh, maybe the Super 2, given that we knew the Texas Rangers were going to be bad. But you expected him to see considerable time in the major leagues this year. But he had a stress fracture in his foot in spring training, and he's been in the minor leagues for the entire season. Um, and I guess the good news is he's never had the power. This year, he's finally starting the show to power, show the power. It's like 575 with 16 home runs in 48 games in AAA. Now, how does that compare? Well, in 2019, in low A, in 44 games, he hit four. He hit four home runs. Now, I'm sorry, he hit one home run in 44 games. So, you know, when you saw that in 2019, and I'm writing up his profile, and I'm looking at people, and they're saying, yeah, his swing is more geared towards contact, you get worried, but he's a big kid, and you just think the power is going to develop, and it's good to see that power developing. My guess is that's what he worked on at the alt site last year. Now, it is coming with more strikeouts, and that's, you know, that's to be expected, but for me, it's the right trade-off. If I, you know, if I got a 20 home run bat at third base hitting 260 as opposed to a 280 hitter hitting 8 to 10 home runs, who do you think is going to get the playing time? It's the guy that's going to hit 260 with a you 20 know, plus home run pop. And I think that's who Josh Young can be. And I think he'll learn more plate patience in that 260 might be a 340 on base percentage, maybe even a little bit higher. And, and you're potentially looking at an all star. So that's the kind of upside that we're talking about. So while he wasn't, while he didn't make the big leagues, it could have been a blessing in disguise because he spent the entire season in AAA. We got a chance to see what he's capable of. We got to see that new hit tool. He got a chance to do it on a smaller stage without all the bright lights. Maybe he would have fallen back into some old habits. I think it's all worked out just fine. I'm sure he didn't feel that way when he fractured his foot back in April, but uh, I think next April, I think he's going to be pleased, and I think all fantasy owners will be pleased. He's a guy, don't forget, in, in these NFBC slow drafts, or just you know, if you've got a home league slow draft, he's a kid that might be falling under the radar that I would be curious, very interested in, in trying to roster. I'd take a look at the NFBC, find out where his ADP is going, and try to get him three, four rounds ahead of that. Now, if his like if his ADP is saying he's a you know a twenty eighth round pick, I would try to take him in the twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth round because it's the kind of guy that you want on your team. So um, let me see. Is the rest are request. 
let me let me do one more let me do the first request and then I will take another break and then get right back to everybody. Uh, the first request is Ezekiel Duran. He is a second baseman. Um, he is um, oh he was he's now in the Texas Rangers. He was one of the one of the returns for the Joey Gallo trade. Toolsy, free swinging middle in, infielder. But he does have upside of 2020, but uh, obviously with pressure on the bat because he is a free swinger with a lot of swing and miss in his game. Um, how much so? Well, slash line was 290, 374, 533 with 12 home runs and 12 stolen bases. But he also had a 27% strikeout, no, 34% strikeout rate after the trade, 27% strikeout rate before the trade. So kind of average that out. And that's the kind of uh, that's kind of what we're looking at. So very high end player. I've seen this guy in the Yankees organization. You're gonna like him. He's really tooled up. He's very athletic, but you know it's pressure on the hit tool, pressure on the particularly on the batting average because he is up there. He's looking to swing the pole. And if you think about it from a Texas Ranger standpoint, they've got so many players like that. I mean, Leody Tavares is a little bit like that, and. You know, it's funny because they had Joey Gallo, the the epitome of plate patience. And now they've got so many of these young players, a lot of these Latin players coming in that just, you know, swing first and ask questions later. But I do like Ezekiel Duran. It should be a kid that is considered in a lot of you know deeper dynasty leagues. Let me take uh, our next break. And when we get back, let me continue on with the rest of the list here. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This next guy I have seen, and I am really excited about him. Not a lot of people know who he is, and he's going to be shoved pretty high on my White Sox list. Now, granted, the White Sox are not what they used to be. But, and that is Jose Rodriguez, shortstop second baseman with the Chicago White Sox, as I said. He's in double A. Um, I don't know who requested this, but good job requesting it. Plus speed, got some pop, and it's elite contact. So we've got a guy that makes contact. we got a guy that is fast, so the great Tim McLeod will love him. And he's got a little bit of pop. Here's the problem. There's always a problem. There's not the perfect player. He absolutely never walks. Now, what's another player like that? Tim Anderson's carved out a pretty nice career by never walking. It's a dangerous threshold, a dangerous not threshold, a dangerous uh, a kind of profile to have when you never walk, walk because the the line becomes even finer between success and failure. And, you know, that to me is Jose Rodriguez. 
But look, in a system that is dearth of high upside guys, well, it's got a lot of high upside guys, but guys that look like they have a chance to make it to the major leagues, I think Jose Rodriguez is one of them. Um, so for the season, he slashed 301, 308, 469. He had 14 home runs and get this, 30 stolen bases. So uh, contact rate was 15% in low A, 10% in high A. That was his. Uh, that was his strikeout rate, not his contact rate. His strikeout rate was that. Um, but again, he never walked. And I, you know, he in 501 plate appearances, he walked 26 times. Well, that's pretty easy math. 25% would be a 5% uh, would be 5% of 25. So you're talking 5.1 something like that. And that that constitutes a guy who never walks. So what's his upside? Well. I think he's going to play second base with that kind of speed and power potential. I mean, he's potentially a top 10 second baseman. But again, I wish he would at least show a little bit more plate patience. Maybe that's something he can learn. But he's obviously having success. And a lot of times, you know, anything in life, I mean, you're killing it. And there's this big flaw that you've got many times a person's not going to address the big flaw because they don't want you to lose confidence and etc and it's only when you run into the wall do you realize that hey you've got a problem here's a good example of that a, a guy that's famous drew waters i just wrote about the atlanta braves this today and this evening as many of you know who've read my who've read my profiles over the years i'm not the biggest supporter of drew waters and why not? First of all, great secondary skills of speed and power. So he's like many of these guys that we talk about. He can run and he's got power. In fact, he might have really good power. He strikes out a ton. And he has been flying through the minor leagues because of a crazy high Babbitt. So I think for all through 2009, his Babbitt was over 400. And he went through low and high A or high A and double A. And maybe even got a taste of AAA. And, and everywhere he went, the ball was the size of a beach ball, and he just hit it. And you saw the high strikeout rate. You saw the the high Babbitt. And you know at some point the chickens were going to come home to roost. I mean, they, they just were. You knew that this could not, you know, kind of keep going. And what happened this year, it, he, hit a, he hit a wall, couldn't get over it, where the Babbitt corrected. It's a normal Babbitt, and he's hitting 230. And it's like, oh, what happened? Well, all of a sudden he's not running as much because he's never on base, you know, and he's not a, he doesn't walk a lot. And all of a sudden he looks pretty ordinary. And, you know, that's what happens when you're hit tool, when you don't make the contact and you don't have a good approach. Eventually, you know, you've got to address that. Now, Jose Rodriguez probably is at some point going to address this unless he's the next Tim Anderson and there's just not a lot of guys like that. Anyway, long story short, I like Jose Rodriguez a lot. Next guy is MJ Melendez. I I don't know if I profiled him, but I've talked him out of a ton. Uh, It's just impressive. He cut his strikeout rate in half and he still managed to hit 38 home runs. Look, he's not a great receiver. In fact, you'll see in the write-up, I have him as a catcher DH. Now, nobody likes to put a 24-year-old, 23-year-old. He might even be only 22. He's very young. Nobody wants to put that guy like that in at DH. In fact, I mean, that's the big 
That's what the Houston Astros are trying to decide. I mean, it'll take a look at Jordan Alvarez. I mean, a great hitter, one of the best hitters in the American League with you know, 30 plus home run power. I mean, but he is so stiff. He's so non athletic, so stiff that he really should be a DH, but you know, want to try to reserve those for the older guys or maybe a little banged up or a rotational thing just to get the guys out. And you, you got locked in a kid who is 24 years old who should be athletic enough and young enough to play in the field, but yet he can't. And that's, that's part of the problem. And that's what you get in with MJ Melendez. Could he play first base? I don't know. I don't know if we've ever played first base. Could it be a corner outfielder? Probably not. Maybe a right fielder. But I don't know if he's the long-term answer there for catching. But his problem, and I saw him in high A, and I've talked about this, where he was a strikeout machine. He and Nick Prado and, uh, not Nick, Nick Prado, yeah, Nick Prado and uh, Suli Mateus, they would just strike out. I mean, it would be strike out, next guy up, strike out, next guy out, strike out, next guy up. They started putting players in between those just so they wouldn't have a full inning go by where everybody's, you know, there was three strikeouts in the inning. And you just give those guys a lot of credit where, you know, they worked, they worked hard. So they, I mean, MJ Melendez worked harder than anybody it appears because he really got his contact rate back to where it should be and, or not where it should be to something that he has a chance not to be a good player, but to be a star. I mean, that, that's just, that's just a fact. I mean, 114 games across double and triple A. He's cut his strikeout rate in half and he hit 38 home runs. What's not the like? Um, Sal Perez, another good example, who has got 70 plus grade raw, never walks, by the way. It's another good example of a guy that never walks, but he's got this crazy raw power and he makes enough contact to get to it all. Um, that. I mean, Melendez could have that kind of power. And imagine both of those guys in the same lineup. So I'm all in on MJ Melendez. You're going to see Bobby Witt Jr., then Melendez, second on my Kansas City list. That's what you're going to see. And I think it's warranted. The guy's in AAA that young, that kind of power. You know, some apprehension that maybe that strikeout rate is not real. But, I mean you got to give him props. I mean, you got to give him props. And by the way, it's been much written about. I've heard it from people that have seen it. There has been a definitive swing change, right? He is more direct to the ball. He's not taking that, you know, looking like he's swinging uphill. So he's definitely a lot more direct to the ball. And when you see and hear of that definitive swing or something that the player is doing different, then you really get excited. Last two guys, uh, the first one requested was Geraldo Perdoma. He actually made it to the major leagues, started the season in the major leagues, played four games in April. There was an injury uh, issue, so he got a chance to get his feet wet there. And then he ended the season, played one game in AAA. I, I don't know, maybe they were pushing for the playoffs. I didn't actually research it. But in between all of that, he played in AA. 82 games, he slashed 231, 351. So, yeah, some good good ability to uh, work a walk. But a 357 slug, six home runs and eight stolen bases. There's a lot of people pretty excited about Perdomo, as am I. We're waiting for him to take that step up in power. And I was hoping he would do that this year. It just didn't happen, right? You don't slug 357. He makes great contact. He can 
work walk it was a relatively low um low babbit that was what was that was what was uh, keeping him down strikeout rate of 23.5 so a little bit below average in a 14 percent uh, walk rate so it's 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 a at least an average maybe an above average hit tool when you put it all together because of that walk rate um but he's still pretty flat to the ball and still trying to make a lot of contact eventually they're going to start to add loft to his swing he's got great bat speed and once they do that i think you're going to start to see that that power develop and i i keep reminding myself that why hasn't he done it yet right and you look down and he turns 22 next month so so we got to give the guy a break i mean it takes time to develop these guys you know you you, you can't just go in on a tuesday and go okay this is what you need to do to fix your swing and by wednesday afternoon they're ready to roll you know everything has changed and you know, it's big time production. No, it is a process. And it's a process that they will work on things in the cages. Pitchers will work on things in bullpens. And it could be months, if not a year or longer, before they actually start to introduce that into games. So, I mean, that's the process that coaches and leaders, you know, leaders being the, you know, the coordinators uh, will take a player through. I still see the upside of a top 15 shortstop, and I think he has a chance to be a 2020. That's total projection. He's fast enough to do the 20 stolen bases, though, as he gets older and larger. I mean, the stolen bases are going to, you know, slack off a little bit. But the power, I think he has a chance to develop power. I think you just have to believe that the bat speed is there, and once he adds a little off, it's all going to work for him. The last guy is Sean Dubin, D-U-B-I-N. This is a great name. I don't know who requested it. I apologize. I should have given you credit. Um, and it's it's a great name because it's a fun name. This was a kid that was never really expected to be much. The Astros in the Lunau era, they drafted him in the 13th round, and they signed him for a league minimum of $1,000. And guess what? He's in AAA and he's going to make a ma- he's going to be in the major leagues probably next year. It's a win. Whether he does much in the major leagues or not, it's a win because you spend $1000 on a player and you're able to develop him and validate your analysis of the player, it's a win for the organization. Unfortunately, anybody that's left from the Luna era probably isn't there. But this is this is what he was able to do, and it's a shame that he turned out to be a cheater. <laughs> so, or you know, I see nothing, I know nothing. But it's just because the guy had a process and it worked. I mean, this is a perfect example of that. Now, look, it's going to be in the bullpen. First of all, he's like six feet tall. He weighs, it's listed at 175 pounds, 170 pounds. He weighs a lot. He's a very small, thin guy. But uh, he's got a big fastball slider combination. Doesn't have a changeup. But he struck out 79 guys in 55 and a third innings. So, you know, the control and command is not always there. But that's okay. Throw him in the bullpen. You know, the you know, the ninety-five mile an hour fastball he's got is gonna turn into ninety-seven, ninety-eight miles an hour. The slider's gonna get even nastier because the fastball's coming in at such a high velocity that uh he has a chance to be a high leverage reliever. I'm not gonna throw a closer on him, but that's what we're talking about. So it's just a great job by the Houston Astros 
and uh, this is what they've done. I mean, all these guys coming up. In, you know, everybody thought that. Um, oh, the you know the the big picture. <laughs> I can't remember. I got to go look at my notes. Forrest Whitley, excuse me. Forrest, I mean, he was the the big draftee, and everybody thought he was going to be a stud. And it's all these Latin players in particular that have just come out to be really good performers for the Astros. And here you got a 13th round pick that's going to, you know, it's going to benefit the Astros. Now, is this guy going to be rosterable in a fantasy league? I would not roster him in my dynasty league. He'd be a guy that I'd always be watching to see how he's doing, how that strikeout rate looks. Uh, is he showing any, a little bit better control? Uh, if he's doing that, then all of a sudden he probably is going to get holds first and then a chance to be a closer. That's Sean Dubin, D-U-B-I-N. Let me take my final break, and when we get back, let me review all of these guys, and then I will tell you what we've got planned for the next few As usual, it's a combination of uh, famous guys, not famous guys. I tried to dig deeper as we get into the season because I know that's what everybody is looking for. I don't know if I know in leagues that I commission and, and you know that we've created associated with the podcast, um, you can't pick up a prospect after July 31st, right? So they have to have major league um, at bats or innings pitched. And the reason I do that is, is I just like to keep next year's draft I balk there I want there I want that to be an event not listening to Wilson talk about a guy that you pick up on September 25th uh would have been a nice guy to have been drafted so that's the only reason I do that first guy is James Triantos that he is with the Chicago Cubs that's T-R-I-A-N-T-O-S Complex league. He was a high draft pick, third round guy. He's gotten off to a really quick start. Uh, looks like he's going to be able to hit, and um, with high on base percentage, and it looks like the power is going to develop. Brennan Davis, one of the more famous guys on this list, uh, got a little late season call to AAA, performed well, struck out a little bit too much for me this season. Is at thirty percent, but there's really nice power speed combination there. Daniel Espino, Cleveland Indians. I have him as a closer. He had a great outing this week. I wouldn't put anything past the Cleveland Indians to be able to get him to throw more strikes so he can be a starter. I mean, look at Cal Quantra. There's another guy that everybody just wrote him off as going to be a bust, and he's pitching well for the Cleveland Indians. Number four is Gabriel Arias, A-R-I-A-S. Uh, he is with your Cleveland Indians as well. He's the best defensive shortstop of all the guys in that organization. Um, looked like an improved approach at the plate, and he did it in AAA. So if it's sustainable, I think he's a different player. Um, so is he leading Canada to be that full-time shortstop? He could be. Uh, again, there's uh, Rochio, R-O-C-C-H-I-O, also in the Cleveland organization that is really having a great season and probably has a little bit more offensive skills than Arias. Not quite as good defensively, though. Number five is Gabriel Gonzalez. 
He's a kid in the DSL, the Dominican Summer League, that um, has just been shoving it this year. He's showing speed and power and the ability to hit. What's not the like? Uh, Shea Whitcomb, S-H-A-Y, Whitcomb, W-H-I-T-C-O-M-B, shortstop in the Houston Astros organization. Just post a crazy number numbers in uh, this past year, except he struck out 30% of the time. If he fixes that, then I think we have something there. Uh, Josh Young, another famous guy on this list, should have been in the major leagues, but unfortunately fractured his foot and um, is uh, spent the the year in AAA or what time he did 44 games. Was it 44 games? No, I'm sorry. Look down that 48 games uh, in AAA hit 16 home runs. So we're starting to see the power develop a little bit. And while he traded off a little bit of contact, it wasn't too bad. Uh, Ezekiel Duran, one of the kids that came in the Joey Gallo trade now for uh, now playing with the Texas Rangers. That is Ezekiel. I think like in the Bible, Duran, D-U-R-A-N, like Duran Duran. Um, I always kind of like Duran Duran. They had really good bass player there, by the way. Duran Duran was a 90s band. So, but uh, some really interesting musical work there, even though they were kind of looked upon as a not a very talented band. I, I disagree. I always thought musically they were actually pretty good. Had their own sound, for sure. Um, look, he's a free swinger. Got crazy upside of 2020 type of player. Um, you know, we'll have to see if, if he makes enough contact. But he's a, definitely a guy in Dynasty Leagues that should be owned. He's in high A and played pretty well. Uh, 293.74, 533. Jose Rodriguez, one of my favorite guys in the Chicago White Sox organization. Uh, plus speed, some pop, and elite contact. But just like a number of these a number of these players, uh, Jose Abreu is another guy that rarely walks. Tim Anderson never walks. So he fits right in with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, but I, there's, some, there's something there, and fantasy owners really need to be on, be on your toes on this one. MJ Melendez. That's M-E-L-E-N-D-E-Z. I don't know what MJ stands for. I haven't actually looked. Maybe it was Michael Jordan Melendez. I don't know. But uh, I actually could look at that in baseball reference and let everybody know that. Um, So he cut his strikeout rate in half and still wound up hitting 38 home runs. I think this guy has a chance to be pretty special. Big time power. Feels, smells a lot like Sal Perez offensively. And Sal Perez has a chance to win an MVP this year. Not putting MVP upside on Melendez, but you got to give it up for him in terms of the improvements he has made. Geraldo Perdoma, still like the hit tool. Definitely, consistently has always worked walks. He's always been about 13 to 14% every level that he's played at. Um, strikeout, strikeouts are fine. Uh, we're just waiting on the power to develop. I think it eventually will. And the last guy is Sean Dubin, the, the fun one on the list, because 13th round pick that the Astros paid $1,000 for, and he's going to be a major leaguer. Whether he should be fantasy relevant or not, that's kind of hard to say. Through the magic of the podcast software, I was able to pause it and go take a look. So MJ Melinda, second round draft pick, by the way. So... Um, his full name is Mervell, M-E-R-V-Y-L. Is that how you pronounce that? I, mean, I think we now know why he goes by MJ. <laughs> Mervell. 
Oh boy. You know, I'm sure it's a family name. Maybe. Uh, I don't actually, well, he's a, he was definitely born in America. He was born in Daytona Beach. I don't know what his heritage is, you know, where his family is from. So I just, not that, uh, not that caught up on MJ Melendez, but uh, his given name is Merville, M-E-R-V-Y-L. I guess the Y would make an I sound. Merville? Okay, there, there, there you go. Um, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I love doing these. This is the last official hot prospect of the week that I will be doing. Uh, why? Well, the season ended on Sunday. <laughs> so we're into the playoffs. Next week, I'm definitely going to do a podcast. Maybe I'll talk about some of the uh, prospects that uh, how they did in the playoffs. Uh, I definitely want to do a... Um, you know, a, a, a player of the year. Maybe I, I'll do one by division. That's going to take some research. So I definitely want to do something like that next week, which will be, if I look at my calendar, will be the 29th, which then will fall right into the following week doing a um, podcast with the Chicago Cubs. I'll be doing a prospect podcast on the top 15 with the Chicago Cubs. So that will keep uh, continuous podcasts coming for all you prospect towns on that that want to have that. Uh, okay, so Friday we have our Take 10 with Tim. It'll be our last official Take 10 with Tim this year as well. Uh, I'm sure he'll give you a couple of you know players to pick up. And I'm not sure what we're going to do. Maybe we'll take a look at the playoffs. I don't know. We'll, we'll have some good content out there. Following week, it's going to be a special Take 10 with Tim. Because you guys, well, I guess I said the last official one, but the season's still going on. So I promised everybody we would do a podcast, two podcasts a week about fantasy and baseball through the end of the season. So the last one will be the first. And Tim and I will do some content, but the content is going to be from you all. I want questions that you guys want me to ask Tim. And I want some of them to be baseball and I want some of them to be fun. So be thinking about that. I'll put out a Twitter request sometime at the beginning of that week and crazy stuff. And I'll review them with Tim first. So uh, so he, he can recuse himself from answering any questions if he if he wishes. But I think it'll be fun to uh, take 10 with Tim, some baseball stuff maybe baseball strategy stuff, or maybe just some crazy personal stuff for Tim's opinion on life. Because Tim is, it to me, is just a jewel that uh, we should pump for everything. He's funny. He's the nicest man you'll ever meet. And he he's a hell of a fantasy baseball player. So, uh, and he's a good guy on top of it all. So he's just, he's just a guy that's got a good heart. And I think be fun to, I don't know, ask him some crazy questions. So be thinking about that. And uh, you'll see a request coming out at the beginning of next week. And I'll ask you to pass on some uh, Twitter questions. I know the great John Dean will have something for him. So if if not that, otherwise I've got to come up with all the crazy questions. So that's a wrap, guys. We're at 53-minute mark. Enjoy, and we'll talk to you on Friday. <laughs>